Hi, this is Grace Jensen. Being a newlywed is such a fun time of life, isn't it? But from personal experience, I also know that it can come with some pretty hard moments. I passionately believe that this time is a huge opportunity to create a solid foundation for the rest of your marriage. So let's have some newlywed real talk from the big stuff to the little stuff. Welcome to The Newlywed Show. Hello, everyone. Today, as guests for this episode, I have my friends Jamie and Colton Smart. Zach and I got to know them through our church congregation. And about a year and a half ago now, um, we we kind of knew who they were. Actually, <laughs> fun story. One of our first weeks in the ward, Zach and I obviously didn't know anybody. And we were sitting in Sunday school and Jamie made a comment while I was probably like at the bathroom. And so I was gone and I came back and Zach said, that girl over there, she made a comment that was really good. You should be friends with her. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Anyway, so I kind of had them on my radar. Um, but then about a year and a half ago, Jamie's dad passed away. And of course I, I found out about that. And then as we got to know them better, I also learned that Colton's dad passed away when, how old were you? I was 14. You were 14. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I thought that they both have, um, unique experiences with grief and loss, both coming into a marriage when your spouse has lost a parent and then also supporting your spouse when they do lose a parent, particularly unexpectedly as it was for Jamie. So I'm very grateful that they are here today and I, um, am just really grateful that they're willing to share these stories. But first, we'll have a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know that rhyme we used to jump rope to on the playground? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. Well, maybe you're just hitting the marriage phase, but you probably have friends that are hitting the baby carriage part. And let me tell you the number one thing that I did not register for for my baby shower, but have used the most are bows. So let me tell you about one of my favorite companies, Shop Little Honey. They release a new collection of handmade bows and bow ties every month, and somehow they've nailed the perfect size. So whether the little one you're gifting them to is two months old or two years old, these bows and bow ties will look so adorable on them. So head over to their website, shoplittlehoney.com and use our promo code newlywedshow for 50, that's five zero percent off of your entire order. You can also head over to their Instagram at shoplittlehoney for monthly giveaways. Okay. Hi, Jamie and Colton. How are you doing? Good. We're excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really cool setup you got here. (laughs) Thanks. As you've seen today, it takes a village. (laughs) I've had lots of help with this. Um, So before we dive into the heavy stuff, tell me a little bit about how you guys met, you know, how long you dated, when you got married, etc. So about four years ago, we met through mutual friends. I had a friend that I had been in contact with for a while, probably three years. And he knew Colton and invited one of, it's kind of confusing to talk about out loud, but he invited one of Colton's friends uh, who invited Colton to something that we were doing one night. And we all were just hanging out. We were at a park rollerblading and skateboarding. So random, typical (gasps) me. And a, a lot of people left and it was just a few of us, so a little bit more intimate. We got to 
talk and discovered that Colton was going to be living in Logan and I was going to be living in St. George. And so didn't really seem like an option. No. But after that, I got in the car and I remember vividly saying, I'm going to marry him. So <gasps> I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. So a few of my friends know that because they were there. But yeah, I was like, I'm going to marry Colton Smart. I just know it. And it's funny because we didn't really talk a whole lot that night. I mean, I don't know from your perspective. Yeah. No, uh, I got into my car and thought, wow, that was a really cool girl. Too bad it'll never work out. <laughs> Because the distance, you know what I mean? It's he, he had been having friends wanting to set him up with people in Provo, and he was like, oh, no, that's too far. So St. George far. was out of the question. But about a week later, I ran into his friend that invited him that night, and he was like, what are you guys doing this weekend? And we all got together, and we kind of just hit it off immediately. And I thought my friend was into her. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So. But... Later on, it came out. Actually, it's funny. At the end of the night, he was like, (laughs) two of my friends were with me and we were about to all leave. And Colton was like, hey, I need to get your number. And then he was like, I need to get all of your numbers. (laughs) So he got all of our numbers. And the next day, so we had talked about how on Sundays I go rollerblading. And he was like, we should go. And so he texted me that Sunday and was like, how serious were you about going rollerblading? And so he shows up to my house and he's like, well, I actually don't own rollerblades. Oh. <laughs> so we ended up just spending that night talking. I think we were together, what, four or five hours that night? Yeah, just walking around a park and then going up to a few of our favorite spots around town kind of thing. Yeah. And so where was this in St. George? Oh, no. so this was in Draper. So we, okay. it was summer and we both are from the same area. We went to the same high school. We just didn't know each other in high oh, school. Okay, mm-hmm. And... So we were in like our hometown. So we went around just hanging out and talking a ton. And I I feel like we just hit it off immediately. And from there, we didn't really know what was going to happen because we just had the summer. So, But we just like hung out every day and it seemed a little too good. So we decided to keep dating and then. Yeah. Okay. So you guys had fun during the summer, really hit it off. But then what happened when school started again? So ultimately... We went on a trip to California with Colton's family. So that was kind of my first time spending a lot of time with his family. And you did hit it off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Vacation when we get the family. I know. And I didn't really, his mom lived in Washington, D.C. at the time. And so I'd only met her one time when she was in town for Colton's sister's wedding. So I didn't really know his family. It was a little bit intimidating. I won't lie. Seriously. And on that trip, we kind of decided that we would date but i was gonna go on dates with other people and then she was very comfortable with that and i i knew that i was going up to logan to fish and hang out with one of my buddies so i I had no plans of dating other people i just didn't think it was worth it at that point basically did you want to lock her in but just didn't feel like you could because of the distance i felt like it was locked in i'm gonna be honest i was pretty confident (laughs) about it and i I didn't want to put more effort into other girls. I, I thought that it was it was really good and wanted to see where it went. And so I, if she was going to leave me in the dust, that was how it was going to be. But I wasn't going to do it to her, basically. Oh, that's really sad to hear. <laughs> so I went on two dates and the whole time I was just thinking about Colton. And I was like, this is stupid. I, I know that 
I'm interested in him. So what's the point in dating other people, you know? So then we decided to do long distance. We did it for about nine months. And then was it nine? Yeah. About nine months is the school year, right? Oh, yeah. So we did it for about nine months and then decided let's get married. And so we got married that summer. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That summer. So we're coming up on our third anniversary in a couple of weeks. So <gasps> yep. congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> kind of crazy. I think the distance was really good for us. We mm-hmm. learned how to communicate really well and base the foundation of our relationship on that and being able to talk through a lot of things because distance is tough yeah. when you're not seeing each other a lot and you're, you don't know what the other people are doing. And I don't know, just having to have that communication really set a good foundation for us. Yeah. I feel like, and I think it's helpful because you actually have to talk through your issues rather than just making out as a default. <laughs> absolutely. 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 So, yeah. That was it, kind of our... But it did suck. It, it was, it was yeah. really good for us, but it also sucked a lot. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You, you paid the price then to have something better now, but yes. it was a price. But when people say, is long distance hard? I am always like, yes, it's very hard. And I don't know if I recommend it. It it takes special people. Not saying we're special people, but you have to go into it recognizing this is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. And if we can make it work great, if we can't, then that's good to find out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how we thought. If we can make it through this, then we can probably make it through a lot. Yeah. I mean, because that's like a eight hour drive, six hour drive. Six, Six. yeah. Luckily, our families are in the same place, so we can meet in Draper, which cuts off a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah, it's especially quite a drive. from St. George. It's still quite a drive. But we did the six too many times. Absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Oh, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah. The things we do for love. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. So tell me about what you're both doing now. I know you both have exciting stuff going on. Yeah. So I just graduated and I am starting a master's program in communication studies come August. And then following that, I will apply for PhD programs and then work towards being a professor. Dr. Smart. Dr. Smart. Hopefully (laughs) some. And I have a year left in a bachelor's of a mechanical engineering degree. Um, And I am at a really awesome internship right now that I'm liking a lot. So. Woohoo. And he has to do the same commute Zach does. So. Yes, I do. You guys should give each other endurance tips. Something like that. You think you'd be used to it from all the drives to St. George. But <laughs> wasn't every day, no. though. That's true. That's true. You're so. not going down there for quite as fun of a reason. <laughs> yeah. So we're living the fun school work life right now, but not yeah. for much longer. Yeah. yeah. And as a side note, Jamie, um, so Utah State University is the university up here that everyone goes to. And Jamie um, is very well versed in how to transfer to Utah State. So if anybody listens to these podcasts and is like, (laughs) hey, Logan, sounds like a pretty good place to be, (laughs) reach out to Jamie and ask her about transferring. Yes. (laughs) Little plug for Utah State. (laughs) (laughs) um so colton we're gonna start with you um so your dad passed away when you were 14 tell me a little bit about him and um how he passed away okay yeah so my dad was kind of the larger than life kind of guy he was he's known really well in our neighborhood he had served you know multiple times as bishop and people just liked him you know um he he wasn't like a real in shape guy. Like he wasn't out of shape. He had a belly, but like he played racquetball every morning and he could ke- he could keep up with me at 14 playing basketball and stuff. So Impressive. He was he was mildly in shape. 
if that explains <laughs> a weekend it. warrior something anyways so he actually was playing racquetball one morning and he hit so the person he was he was playing with actually left the the court for a moment and then came back in he had fallen over and so we actually at this point don't know what happened to him it was oh, either really? like a major heart attack or a major stroke something like that hmm. unfortunately for us the the emergency room doctors were a little bit new or at least the staff and they had explained um autopsy procedures a little too detailed to my mother and oh. so she opted out of having an autopsy for my father and so i actually don't know specifically what happened to my dad but something but it was sudden something yeah something happened very sudden yeah. it was not expected whatsoever no and he was he was declared dead on the on the ambulance so it wasn't mm-hmm. like they really could even do anything he was gone so yeah yeah um and where are you and your family how many siblings do you have i am the youngest of five so okay. and i'm like significantly younger than my next sibling i guess other people probably are different but i I'm six years younger than my next youngest sibling. So I was the only one at home at the time. It was just me, my mom, and my dad. So Yeah, which I'm sure presented its own challenges and you I'm sure had a had a more had a unique experience compared to your siblings when it came to what that meant for your life. Yeah, yeah. It um it was hard. It was, I mean, I, I think I got the shortest end of the stick, right? I, I got the fewest amount of years with my father, but um at the same time I had one of the best relationships I think with my dad we we did a lot of things we had a lot of hobbies that we like to do in common we went fishing all the time for example and that's just something that him and I shared really really well um but yeah he yeah he he was great yeah um so how did Jamie find out that your dad had died so I actually had to like really think about that um Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) So two ways, kind of. So I had gone to his house and his mom was there. His sisters were there. They were getting ready for his next oldest sibling's wedding. And I was observing and noticing, obviously, that his dad was not there. And so I had asked, I think that night I asked, I just said, where's your dad? Or I, I don't, I don't remember how I phrased it. And that's kind of how it came up. We couldn't remember much. And then later on, I remember getting on Instagram and, and looking at his Instagram and it had just been father's day. And so he had posted something from then and a little bit more was disclosed, but there was never like a moment of sit down. Let me tell you about this that we could think of. I've been pretty open about it. I, I mean, other than when I was like, 14 and fresh from the from the grief but since then i i had i had served an lds mission and that was something that i ended up talking about quite a bit and so i was i was pretty open about my experiences and so i it was never this big moment between jamie and i of like oh right this huge thing has happened to me but it was something that just kind of naturally i don't know it, it just it came up and it wasn't obviously something that i remember super well so it obviously wasn't this huge event for me but yeah I'll, it is a big deal still yeah so it sounded like because you were pretty comfortable talking about it 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 just kind of wasn't 
natural thing that came out because you didn't feel uncomfortable about it. It didn't have to be this big, like sit down thing. And I have to say to add to that, if I can, it, because of that, and I had never really lost anybody close to me and because it was so nonchalant in my mind at the time, especially I hadn't gone through something like that. I felt like, oh, it's, it's been six years. So he's probably fine now. And, and that's how I visualized it at the time. I can remember thinking like that. I mean, I did feel like, oh, this is so sad. I don't, I don't really know what to do about this, but he doesn't seem to make talk about it in a big way. So he must be kind of moved on from it. And now obviously I realize that that was a fault of mine to think that way. But I, I think that's important to mention just because I think a lot of people do that. They think yeah. time heals everything. And what Colton always says is time make, what, what did you it make? It helps you deal with I, it. I don't think that it heals really. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over the loss of my father, but I have gotten used to living without him as, as maybe sad as that sounds. It's no, it's just a different normal. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. But yeah. And Jamie talking about how I was acting in that situation. And honestly, over this, you know, especially right after my dad died, I think anyone that has gone through a a loss so close to them can attest that you, you end up having to comfort more people than just yourself. You end up, you know, your neighbor's crying on your shoulder. Some guy you've never met is crying on your shoulder. You know, you go through this experience over and over with new people as, as they find out. And so this might sound sad, but you, you get hardened a little bit to it. And you, I, for me, I started pushing down my emotions and my feelings. And so the, the person that Jamie saw in those moments yeah, I was still struggling with my dad's death, but that had gotten pushed down so far. And I was so, it it was easy for me to talk about it now because one, I had learned how to with people that were grieving and, and much harder situations than telling, you know, a new girlfriend about my father. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I had gotten good at talking about it, I guess. Yeah. So how did you... Jamie get to kind of know this deeper side of Colton and Colton how did you kind of learn to kind of get past that initial like don't make this awkward keep everyone else comfortable place and like let her into that part of you um I I think I think there's a a time um when you kind of still put those walls up right so like you said there was a time that I, I ended up deciding you know what this relationship is going somewhere. This is someone I want to invest this kind of emotion into. And so little by little, you know, she would see me, you know, break down or something, you know, I, it would be his birthday or father's day or something like that. And she would kind of notice, you know, Oh, maybe this isn't the easiest thing for him, but you know, he's getting through it. And those would be times that I was able to turn to Jamie, I think, and, and let her in a little bit more each time. And, and throughout this experience, Jamie was really getting closer to my family. And so she was getting a really like a better idea of who my dad was. Okay. So that was a a big deal too. So as she learned who he was, I think she 
had a better idea of how I was handling the situation as well and then could ask me questions. And we were at a comfortable point in that she could ask me those questions. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you just had more time together and, um, you, so you were together at some of those times when you naturally were feeling a little bit more tenderly about it. And then, um, you were able to ask more questions. So let me shift to you, Jamie. What was it like integrating into this family with a major missing piece? And how did, how have you kind of gotten to feel like you sort of know his dad or know about his dad? I think integrating into the family helped me realize what Colton was actually going through because his mom was very open to talk to me about it because it was hard to come into a family of they have this huge part of their life that I know nothing about and I'll never fully know anything about. Yeah. And listening to his mom talk about it and, and talk about Gordon and the way that their relationship was, or even sometimes things would come up that brought up the day that it happened. And that's, I didn't learn the full story until I think we'd been married at least the full in-depth story because it came up once at a family dinner, which is crazy. But talking to his mom and his sisters and hearing their perspectives made me realize like, wow, this is still really hard. And this is still, no matter how long it's been, I see each of them break down in their own ways and handle it in their own ways. And so they helped me learn more about Colton in that aspect because they would express a little bit more. And I think through having the conversations with his family, I was able to have more conversations with him. And the really cool thing about each of them is they all had a very unique relationship with their dad. Hmm. And so learning about each of them helps me feel like I have a glimpse of who he was and the man that he was. Yeah. And it's interesting because each person that I meet or like just in his neighborhood or just people that have been in the smarts lives for a long time, somehow his dad always comes up and how he was just the man everyone wanted to be. He was everyone's friend. Everyone knew him. He helped so many people. And honestly, I think everyone thought of him as their best friend because Mm -hmm. he was that guy, you know? Yeah. So it's been really cool to hear other people's stories of him because I have this image of just such an incredible man that has shaped Colton into the person he is in a lot of ways. And they also have a lot of really fun home videos that I get to see his quirky side. Oh, cool. And I've loved that. Like that has been awesome And, and getting to hear his voice and, just little things like that. And I try to ask a lot of questions because in some ways it's hard for me to know that there's that big part that I don't know. And I want to know it. Yeah. And so I try to ask a lot of questions and listen and, and try and interpret the best I can, Mm -hmm. but there's only so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it sounds like you have been willing to put yourself in a place of discomfort and open yourself up to the, to the, sadness for the people around you. Um, and so just in trying to, you know, tease out things that may be helpful for others, if, um, somebody like if you weren't quite as comfortable with your emotions, that may have taken 
you may have had to be pretty intentional about sitting kind of in the sorrow that the people around you are feeling and being willing to kind of, I think by asking questions to Colton, like signal that he was safe with you with those feelings. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest part coming into a relationship with somebody who's experienced any form of loss is you can't be selfish and focus on your emotions. You have to let whoever that person is share what theirs are and feel whatever they're feeling, even if it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's been really beneficial to us. I feel like. I think Jamie also did a really good job at letting, letting it come out naturally too. You know, I didn't, the first time I met her, I didn't want to tell her, you know, a detailed story of my dad's death, but over time she got bits and pieces until I felt comfortable and she probably felt comfortable learning those facts and going through that process with me, you know, even I, I, I've remembered talking to her many times about it of getting emotional and I'm, I'm really not an emotional guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that to me is kind of a, a, an interesting zone in my marriage, even of letting Jamie into that part of me. But Jamie did it in the right timing, I think. And I think that was really important for me. Yeah. And it's important to note that I knew he was not an emotional person. And so I could not force him to be. Yeah. He had to choose the times where he was open to it. And I think that's grief always is with anyone you're dealing with. It's not always going to be appropriate to, to pry. And so you have to let the person open up as they feel comfortable. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think you can have a healthy environment around it, really. And I don't know. Yeah, cut that out. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, no. I think that's no. I think that's perfect because um, I could imagine somebody coming into a situation and feeling like, oh, like they're not being super emotional about it. You know, I'm their significant other. I have to fix them or make them feel emotional or make them process this. And you didn't do that. And I love what you said, Colton, about, um, it really coming out slowly over time and Jamie making that natural, because it sounds like what happened is you took, um, baby steps and you had one conversation and you had, it was a good conversation. And Jamie, um, you trusted Jamie and Jamie kind of proved yourself worthy of that trust. And then you were able to build on that and slowly get, get deeper and deeper. I think one thing you said there was really important, at least for me. Um, when my dad passed away, I was dating a girl and it was really great. And she helped me a lot in that situation, but I ended up being a, a fix it problem for her. Mm. And teenage girls love those. Loved that. And she was, she was so good for me at the time, but it ended up driving me away from her uh, once, you know, I could never be fixed in her mind. And so Jamie came into it and didn't try to fix me. She treated me as a, you know, normal human being that had been through a bad experience, but I wasn't broken. I, you know, and so I think yeah. that for me was really big, honestly. Yeah. She still saw you as a whole person. I knew that there were other aspects of your life. Totally. Yeah. Um, so for you, Jamie, what are some of the kind of the tells that you see in Colton when he is missing his dad? 
And how do you decide kind of whether to, to bring it up with him or not? Well, now that we, we've been married three years and together four. So I've learned a lot about him. I don't know him perfectly, of course, but of course I know the important dates and as they get closer, I can always sense a mood switch and it's not like he's sulking or he's crying a lot or something like that. It's that he's more quiet Mm. and I can tell that he's in thought and processing, especially even just this last year. I remember on his dad's birthday, him just picking me up from work. We shared a car at the time and just, I could just tell it's just quieter and I can see the wheels turning and it's a lot of thinking and, and those are the times I notice. And now we've gotten to a point where we have really open communication and I feel comfortable saying, are you doing okay? And do you want to talk about it or do you not want to talk about it? Mm. And I think that's important because if he doesn't want to talk about it, that's okay. And if he does want to talk about it, that's okay. So I've tried to be really good about asking, is this something you want to talk about or do you need to just feel what you're feeling? Mm. And I think that's been really helpful to us on both ends. So, I think that's the biggest indicator for Colton specifically, just where he isn't as emotional. He will cry sometimes, of course, but he's just more of an analytical thinker. And in those moments when he is feeling down, he has to process it. And I can see that happening. Mm -hmm. So what do you need from Jamie? What are things that she does that are really helpful for you besides just asking you? Yeah. You know, if yeah. you need to talk or not. Um, so one big thing Jamie is really good at is, like she said, kind of just reading my emotions. I'm not one that I'm going to go to her and be like, Jamie, I just really need to talk. You know, I'm <laughs> never going to do that. I really am just I not. do that. So <laughs> Jamie does that. Jamie does that. We are different people in a big way. But um, Jamie, Jamie has gotten to know me to a, a degree that she can read my mind better than I can a lot of times. And she'll see me in those situations and just offer support. And some days, you know, I need to sit down and sulk a little bit, like she said, and I need yeah. to just, you know, just realize that it sucks and it does. But other days, like the day she was talking about my dad's my dad's birthday last year, I had decided I was going to make that a happy day and I was going to go out and I can't believe this is coming up so much, but I was going to go fish and Jamie was going to fish with me and it was we were going to have a a can of squirt because that was my dad's favorite thing. And we were just going to have a good day that day instead of making it this, this bad, you know, this time that was not good. And she could, she could feel out that emotion. And she knew that I didn't want to sulk that day. And I, I, you know, some days you want to kind of push it away and you just want to be happy. You just want to be, you want to celebrate life instead of, you know, missing what you don't have anymore. And she, she picked up on that. And I think that was a big thing thing that she does for me um but yeah i i think i think just knowing your partner is a huge deal in this and if you don't know asking i think so often we try to read minds and i know colton just said that i'm good at reading his emotions but it's so important to ask even just in general in a relationship just asking questions like when you feel these kinds of emotions what do you need from me And I feel like that's the best way to open up conversation because like Colton said, we are so different. And so we have to let each other know this is what you need during something like that, but this is what I need during something like this. So asking those questions of 
of what you need when you need it is so important and just having that open communication. Mm -hmm. But I have to note that on his dad's birthday, I did catch my first fish on a fly rod. So it was really cool. And we felt it was a really fun day and we were able to really celebrate Colton's dad. And he was able to tell me some stories and it was just fun. And that was what he needed that day. And maybe next year, that's not going to be what he needs. And that's okay. It's Mm -hmm. it. Grief comes and goes in waves and you have to take it with whatever it is at the time. Yeah. Absolutely. And let's be let's be perfectly clear. I I I think it's important to understand this was 10 years after my dad had passed away. This yeah. wasn't the next day, you know. It's still it's still there and I think it always will be. And I think that people experiencing grief need to know that it's not you know, they they're not going to just be broken, you know, but you are going to you're you're going to experience that grief probably for a long long time if not forever. Yeah. And I think thinking about why am I not fixed yet? Why am I not normal again? I don't think that's healthy because it's just it's just you just live a different life now. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is hard definitely to adjust to. But I think the thoughts of you know, why am I not back to normal? It's been 3 weeks. It's been a month. It's been it's been five years, you know, I just, I think that those thoughts are, are toxic and not good. Yeah. So, I mean, just to be clear here, I still have bad days. I know people have experienced loss in major time durations, but I mean, 10 years ago, I'm still missing my dad, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. And, um, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because I think that's another way that a spouse could help somebody who's dealing with grief is if, if you, I don't know how much you still struggle with those feelings, but if you are really beating yourself up, why am I not over this already? Jamie could come in and validate your feelings and, and tell you that that's okay for you to just feel sad. And also it was 10 years before you felt like you could try and make his birthday a happy day. And you initiated that. That was not Jamie's idea. That was your place where you felt like you wanted to come at it from a different angle and experience it in a different way yeah and jamie jamie picked up on that like like a champ (laughs) again she's great at reading my emotions (laughs) um and now and fishing has come up several times but but it's because you fish all the time fish a lot (laughs) um (laughs) anyone who knows him knows he's the fisher yeah and jamie are you naturally like an outdoorsy person yeah definitely my family we always were outside. I mean, in different ways, we weren't fishers, okay, but always camping, always at the lake, always riding dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Like that was a part of what we grew up with. Yeah. So fishing was new for sure, <laughs> but being out on the river, not new. And that is something that I've loved. And sometimes we can't go together, but when we can, it's, I love it. And I don't always fish. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, but it's still fun for us to be out there on the river. Mm-hmm. And I think fishing is in a way how Colton still connects with his dad and doing something that his dad loved so much and something that they did together and improving on that and developing that skill has been a way in my opinion that has kind of connected you guys more and and kept you close to him I absolutely yeah I I definitely feel closer with my dad and I don't think that's a conscious thing every time but yeah I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I think about. Yeah. I've heard Jamie say that fishing makes you a better man. 
Yeah. Better husband. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And so that is something I think, Jamie, that I admire you for being really supportive of Colin doing, whether with you or without you. And, you know, you being willing to go out there and spend time with him, even if you don't always fish or, you know, it was new to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I have my things too. Like there's some things that it's like, I just need to go do this. And I think it's healthy for us to support each other in those things and whatever they may be. Yeah. And Colton's is fishing and that works great for him and it keeps him happy. And I love that. So, yeah. Um, okay. Any last thoughts on this before we move forward? No, no, I think, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's pretty good about my dad. Okay. The story gets drastically crazier. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm trying to talk about it. Not yeah. like I knew what it, cause at the time I didn't know anything. Yeah. No, and going through it helped me understand a lot better. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's where we'll end for this episode, but, um, hang tight next week for Jamie to talk about her experience of her dad passing away. Um, how long have you guys been married? About two years. Coming, yeah. up, coming up on three. Yeah. Oh well, no, but, but when, at the time. Oh, so. oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. About, yeah. So passing away about two years. Yeah. Um, about two years into the marriage. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about the genius of a wedding photographer running a clothing boutique? Let me explain. As a successful wedding photographer who shoots all over the world, Alice Parkinson needed a wardrobe that was stylish, comfortable, and quality, but quickly tired of paying the inflated, unfair prices of trendy boutiques. So she decided to start her own. She now offers the exact same pieces seen at other clothing boutiques for up to 50, that's five zero percent less. She specializes in cute, comfortable jumpsuits and dresses and also carries tops, pants, and skirts. Access her boutique, Alice Loves Clothes, through her photography website at aliceshootspeople.com slash shop and use the code NEWLYWEDSHOW for an extra 10% off her already fair prices. Once again, that's aliceshootspeople.com slash shop and use the code NEWLYWEDSHOW. You can also join her Facebook group, Alice Loves Clothes, for extra discounts and the opportunity to pre-order and even vote for the clothes she stocks.